In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Logan Christopher about sending marketing emails every day without annoying your email list. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 95. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Plesky, and I'm here today with Logan Christopher. Logan is the co-founder of Lost Empire Herbs, an e-commerce company that is dedicated to bringing the superheroes of the herbal world into the lives of humans and help assist health and performance. I want to talk today with Logan about how he sends emails every day and how you can too, but without annoying your, your email list. So hey, Logan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, awesome to have you on the show. Um, I was definitely interested. I was checking out your bio before the show and kind of talking about how you got into this. And before you were in e-commerce, you said you were doing info marketing? Yes, that's correct. So how did that work? And what was that kind of like and kind of moving from the info marketing world to the e-commerce world? Just because um, we were talking before the show and I feel like the, you know, bleeding edge of marketing it always kind of is always done in the info marketing world. And then over months and even years, it moves to e-commerce and SaaS and even just the rest of the world. And it takes years to move over. But if you kind of follow that world, it always seems like they're on the cutting edge. So where did right. you get started there and how did that kind of work? Yeah, so I've, I've been in internet marketing for a long time and really, I mean, it's called digital marketing now, but back, you know, uh, 20 years ago when this was like just getting started, uh, it was a very wild, wild west type of thing going on in, you know, just weird people were on the internet trying to sell stuff on there, but now it's it's definitely mainstream. Everyone does it, right? It, be, yeah, it, became, a, it became a lot more normal, right? Where yeah, before, was, yeah. like you said, it was literally just like this, like when people were doing it, you're like, is this a scam? I don't know. But now this became right. like just a way businesses market. This is normal. Yeah, right? this is just yeah. what people do now. Yeah, so it's interesting. I, I was, I kind of started out as a personal trainer as I got into fitness myself and uh, you know, I was trying to find clients locally and everything, but I was also studying these guys. I was like learning information about body weight training and kettlebells and all that uh, through uh, like Dragon Door, Matt Fury, some early guys that were out there buying their books, videos, going to certifications, workshops, all that. So I was digesting a whole lot of information marketing. And I thought, well, they're doing it. Why can't I? So I ended up republishing some old public domain books where the copyright had expired and then eventually started creating my own courses, uh, books and videos, all sorts of stuff, doing coaching online. Um, so I just kind of naturally got into doing information marketing and just really suited me. Uh, and then from there, I was as I was getting into strength training and I do some very odd things from juggling kettlebells around, including on two occasions, I've lit them on fire before doing that. I've been horseshoes, ripped decks of cards in half. So I was looking for an edge in being able to be stronger because I'm not naturally so. And that led me deep down uh, health and nutrition. And that eventually led to herbalism. Uh, I started with some different herbs like uh, the cordyceps fungus and seeing an impact in my workouts just from taking this thing. So I got really excited about these. Um, fast forward a couple of years later, I was taking them for myself, but one of my older brothers, he got really interested in uh, one of the herbs and he's like, hey, can we like create a business, throw a website up there and start selling this stuff? If I find a supplier, you know, you create the website, let's do this. So I was like, sure, let's do it. So it's it from that information-based marketing, I was already doing stuff online, the email marketing we're gonna be talking about today and all that. Uh, 
yeah, just took that from one business and started applying it in another realm. Very cool. So then how long ago did you actually launch the e-commerce site? Uh, 2012 was our official beginning. Okay. So then using kind of what you kind of learned in the um, marketing world, you kind of brought that to e-commerce. And now are you currently sending emails every single day to your pretty email close, list? Yeah, pretty close to it. Um, so I, I still do have both businesses, the info marketing business. I think I typically, I, I kind of keep it to the week. So usually five emails a week there. And then with the e-commerce business, completely different email list. And we're sending, well, if you look at the segments and then weekly emails, we're probably actually sending like eight or nine emails a week. Uh, but sometimes there are some days off in there. So yeah, pretty pretty much daily. Wow. Okay. So yeah. I am very curious. What, first of all, yeah. I mean, the two questions, right? Uh, how do you do that without pissing everyone off? And then second, how do you come up with enough content to actually put in every single one of those emails? Because those are kind of the two biggest things. Right. You, yeah. Usually, those are very questions. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because usually, you know, hey, we put these products on sale or whatever, some new products, but you can't do that every day. And very quickly you stop running out of interesting things to say. And right. Yeah. If you were just saying like, hey, there's a sale on this item. Hey, there's a sale on that. Item. If you did that every day, yeah, that would annoy people. Yep. So one thing to know is that this model does not necessarily work for every single business, right? Uh, certain items, I wouldn't recommend emailing every single day necessarily. But for us, it works really well. So with our herbs, we're talking about health and performance. Those are pretty broad categories of things. There's a lot we can talk about there. So even if we just focused on the herbs, we could talk about a single scientific study. We could share, and we do all this stuff, uh, review from a customer and what that means. We could talk about other like lifestyle uh, subjects or diet, stuff that is related to health, but not necessarily talking about the herbs themselves. So there really is a unlimited amount of stuff that can be talked about. Um, just for instance, today I was earlier before this call writing an article on sex hormone binding globulin. Most people listening to this probably haven't heard of that unless they've done some uh, blood panels and comprehensive ones of that. But uh, we do a lot with hormone health. A lot of our herbs are around that. So doing a deep dive article on this subject that our customers are really going to want to hear from if they have been looking at this hormone themselves. How did you how do you come up with a topic like that? Because I mean, I get it. You're in the industry. So like it's a little more obvious, but like to even come up with a topic itself every single day, like how would you even go about that process? Right. So topics come from all sorts of different places. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is it, it's kind of like a, a practice. So I've been doing this for just about over 10 years now. So it's really easy for me to come up with topics. I can sit down and I do journaling and meditation in the morning. And I was like, I need 10 new ideas of stuff to write. And I'll just the ideas will come to me. But uh, some some places people can look is one if that that science is involved, right? So I, I I follow a couple sites where new studies will come up, and based off that study, if it has to do with the herb or just something on health, I'll kind of capture what the study is about, but then write my thoughts surrounding that. Um, for the sex hormone binding globulin specifically, one of the things I did recently was. Uh, I recently did my own blood panel, got measurement of everything. So I wrote an article about that. And uh, there, from that topic, that one topic, there's a couple different issues like what is the role of estrogen for men? Uh, let's go deeper on the sex hormone binding globulin because it's kind of unclear. And there's the way most people look at it, it's not actually accurate. There's much more going on there than DHT, which is a 
whole other hormone that's gotten a bad name, but it's actually very important. So from that one idea, it spawned several other ideas. Okay. So I always think of, um, you know, the content in two different ways, right? There's like the evergreen content that it sounds like you're producing, but there's also the news content. So it's almost like you're and once you become a news site, that's a whole different beast, right? Now you're talking, you're publishing every hour possibly or whatever that is like, um, you know, we're not talking about CNN here and we can just article after article, but it's almost like you're using the news content to drive your evergreen content. Um, is that kind of fit? Like to almost yeah, I mean, evergreen. It, yeah, it's going to depend on the topic, but yeah, health stuff is kind of evergreen. Yeah. There may be certain trending and topical things or a new study that comes out. And if I say new study, when it came out five years ago, not quite, it's not accurate, but it, it still can be relevant to the person. And I'll add some other things, just like stories or things that happen day to day. So I end up with a, a, a client on the phone doing a coaching call with him. And he's sharing a story of his health really took a dramatic turn for the worse after he got a new truck. So how did this happen? It was actually the off-gassing chemicals and the, you know that that new car smell, that's actually a horrible thing for you that you do not want to do because that's chemicals that are being released and these can have endocrine disrupting effects. They can uh, really mess with your hormone system as well as other uh, systems in the body. So just from that call, I thought, oh, this would be a good topic. I can kind of tell a story like I did right here and then uh, right based off of that. So once you get in the habit of this, then it's actually quite easy to come up with ideas uh just once you're a little practiced at it so are you coming do you have a list of ideas you're kind of um you know coming up with ahead of time and then just sitting down every day and banging out like tomorrow's article or is this something you have a bunch of them queued up or what's what does the process actually look like for yeah getting a batch so, of ideas batch of articles how does that work yeah uh great question so i i like to use trello that's kind of uh organizational system that i use um, so I'll use that, have different boards for different things. So there's like one board for legendary strength emails and articles, then I have one board for uh, the Lost Empire Herbs stuff. And I'll just capture ideas on there. So if I'm cruising around, maybe I'm on Facebook and someone mentions a study is like, oh, that's a good, I'll, I'll throw that on there. Or if I have an idea, I'll just capture that idea then. And these are ongoing lists. So there's always more ideas than I uh, have stuff or time to write them all. And sometimes, you know, I'll have an idea and I'll want to write it right then. Other times an idea will hang out there for a year and I just don't get around to it. It's not exciting me a whole bunch, but that way I kind of capture the ideas. So if I need to write something, I can look at these boards and there's a whole bunch of ideas right there. Uh, beyond that, how I actually do my writing is I usually batch things together. So typically on Mondays, I'll, I'll write the five emails for legendary strength for the following week. Um, with Lost Empire, we actually have recently hired a copywriter so i'm not the only one writing the emails right now but a similar sort of thing i'll, I'll try to focus on the content whether that is an email or a blog post i do some videos as well i'll do those in chunks of time and that that works well that's productive for me in doing it that way so you, you stick with like a five-day batch right so monday and you try to just do the whole week all at once and want to kind of sit down yep Typically something like that. Okay. Yeah. I like Sometimes that. I'll get ahead. And if I got vacation coming up, you know, I actually just took a three week vacation to Europe. Uh, so I got emails ahead of time for that whole time. So I didn't actually slow down my email marketing at all during it. Just did a lot more work leading into that. Yeah. Well, if you can queue it up like that, even this podcast right now, this will come out. And, you know, when we're recording this, when it actually comes out, it's completely different dates. And I don't even know them right. sometimes. Um, <laughs> yep. we're, like quite a few ahead right now. And that helps. Because 
Uh, I think other folks it's better to be ahead than behind. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Once you fall behind, it's it's hard to get back ahead, right? It's hard to kind of catch up. Once you start queuing enough up, you can, you know, you see the queue kind of compressing and know, okay, I have to add a few more. And, you know, once it's a little, um, you have a few more in the can, you can relax a little bit and it allows you to kind of step away and take a vacation or whatever and not have to say, I have wake up today and, you know, the email has to go out by 10 a.m. and you have to kind of crank it out today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like the idea too of having that kind of well of ideas because that's the other thing when you go to sometimes you need to sit down and write those five articles the hardest part is switching gears right between the thinking of the article you're going to write and then actually the writing um they're almost two different processes it seems like yeah absolutely so I, i'm really big on looking at habits and for me it's really easy because i've been doing this so long um writer's block is really kind of a myth once you understand uh, that you, like you were just saying, capture the ideas at a different time. If you just open up a screen and a blank Word document is like, okay, what am I gonna write? That's not a good way to do it. Um, I typically, I, I know I'm, I'm much more productive in the morning. So like in the AM I can write, I'm not very good at writing in the PM. It's gonna take longer and it's not gonna be nearly as good. So I do my writing in the morning and I do other things like I'll do calls like this in the PM, that seems to be a a better time for doing such a thing. So really kind of understanding when you're productive, but then getting in the habits of doing it. So an idea may come at any time, like I said, in morning meditation or whatnot, I'll jot it down. Uh, Just as I'm going about my day, I may see something, I'll capture it. But then when it comes time to write, it's really easy because the idea is there. So I'm just straight into writing and flowing with it. Often with most of my emails, they're relatively short. You don't need to go super long on these things. So I can write the average email in less than 10 minutes. So doing a whole week's email does not take that long either. When you say short, how, like, what are we talking kind of lengthwise? It definitely is variable, but most of my emails are between, say, probably 200 and 600 words. Uh, but then there is longer stuff. So some of the articles, especially on Lost Empire, we have like 1,000, 2,000. I think there was an 11,000 word article, uh, which is more of a, a book than um, just an article. But yeah, so we do some in-depth things there. And obviously that takes a lot longer. But the average email does not be, need to be very long. In fact, I'd say the most ways that people go through email, they want it's something that they can quickly go through. So if you have super long emails, uh, some people may read them, but generally shortened to the point seems to work. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> you guys use email every once in a while, it's like a wall of text and you just open it up and immediately close it. You like get, you like get scared and run out of the room. Um, yeah. <laughs> then you see other ones that, you know, it's almost like a, a sentence per line. It's like triple spaced. Um, you're like, I, I can do this. I can, <laughs> you know, I got oh, yeah. this. That is the thing. So definitely in writing the emails, the, the structure of it, having that white space make, just makes it feel more readable and thus it is more readable. So yeah, I would definitely uh, advise people that, uh, you know, look at kind of best practices around that sort of thing. A block of text is just an immediate turnoff. Yeah. Any other tips for that? Because I see people do, I see people do this wrong all the time and it's always like, how are people so off with this? And I, because I know when, when I receive an email, I know I don't, there's certain things I don't want to receive, I don't want to see. Um, and it's surprising how many people send things like that. So any kind of yeah. best practices for that sort of thing? Yeah, I would say that keep that in mind that, yeah, the way people consume different media uh, changes. And this is uh, 
true for like uh, social media too, right? They're, even there, uh, it gets shorter and shorter what is generally consumed. Uh, but with emails, yeah, people are trying to get through it quickly. I know for myself personally, if there's like a longer article, I'll also save that on a different Trello board for a, a different time when I'm more of like a, okay, I'm going to digest and read through these articles or watch these longer videos I want to get to, but I'm not going to do it in that moment. Um, so yeah, I'd say keeping the emails on the shorter side is really good. There's different things you can look at as far as looking at the readability of it, like the grade level. Uh, in general, you want a lower level <laughs> grade uh, with the different content just so more people can consume it. Even if people are really smart, if you have really pe smart people on your list, uh, they still appreciate having something be very readable rather than uh, using a whole bunch of jargon that not everyone knows and all that. Um, so even though I'm doing like science research and whatnot, I'm always trying to aim for making it something that uh, the average person out there can grasp quite easily. Yeah, it's funny. I was on a uh, vacation um, a couple weeks back and someone let me borrow a, a book on, it was on software and kind of architecture software and this and that. It's normally something I would read but I just wasn't in that mode right then. So it was very hard to get my brain into, okay, let's consume something super technical right now. So the same person that, you know, might want this super technical um, reading at one point, when you're on the bus on the way to work, you just want something light and you can't, sometimes you just aren't able to switch your brain into that mode right then. So that, that's a great point of, even if you're writing to a more technical um, audience, you still have to kind of bring the grade level down just so, they can cons they can consume it whenever they want and not when they're in that technical mode. I like that. Yeah. And something else I'll, I'll mention is, and this came from the, the info marketing background in, in that business, the legendary strength, like I am the business. Uh, and there's certain reasons you don't necessarily want to be the business, but I'd say with email marketing, your email marketing is always going to be better if it is personable. If there's like a person, if you are writing it, not your company is writing it. Right. So we all know the, like the, the typical company speak, right? Like these are the things <laughs> we want for you. And most people are gonna be like, no one cares. But if I'm talking about like a personal story and then how that applies to you, uh, we're relating on a deeper level. So I think making your emails really personable, uh, even if you are building the business so that you can sell it off and all sorts of things, uh, there's very good reasons to uh, keep it on that personal level just for increasing that interaction. Cause you know, we're all humans and we all want to interact with humans, not nameless, faceless corporations. Yeah. One hybrid I've seen with this, I, I love the concept. Um, are you familiar with uh, Mr. Money Mustache? Uh, I've heard of it, but not too familiar with personal finance guy talks about saving for reality, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. And he has this weird blend that it's not him talking and it's not his company. It's this like avatar that kind of lives in between. Um, I don't actually know his real name. I just, but it's always, you're talking to this Mr. Money mustache guy. That's this fictional yep. character that he kind of made up, which I was, yeah, we've actually been oh. trying something similar to that. So lost empire herbs. I told you we brought on a copywriter earlier. We had one and, uh, sorry if this offends any of my customers that happen to be <laughs> listening to this, but uh, we did some emails that I was not personally writing. Um, and the voice wasn't the same. Like it's really hard to get someone else's voice in doing that. So um, after a, just like a few times, it kind of scrapped that. But we had this idea of having a mascot for the company, the Herbal Yeti. 
Uh, so we started playing around with that and many of our emails now come from the herbal yeti so uh, the copywriter writes those if any emails i'm writing it'll come personally from me so we have a couple different characters involved even though one's a real person me um, but also then should we not be able to continue with that copywriter right someone else comes and they're going to have a slightly different voice it doesn't really matter because we're just using uh, a mascot or someone uh, a, a figure for that so that is a way you can kind of get around this so any business where they don't want to be there. Like I am a private person, uh, despite being the public face of the company and everything. Uh, but if you're not comfortable with that, then yeah, I think creating a character of this nature would be very useful way to go. Yeah. And, and who, who's to say, you know, you can't one day kill off the herbal Yeti and he might have, uh, you know, some cousins and some family that can come on. So maybe there's a different copywriter that is the family of Yetis. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like that way of doing it because it makes it feel like you're still talking to an individual, even that individual is a fictional character. Um, very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Do you reuse this email content anywhere else or is like on a blog sort of thing or Facebook or is this strictly just emails? How does that work? It depends. So yes, I definitely reuse things. Uh, sometimes that same material may get reposted to Facebook or maybe something starts as a Facebook post and then I'm reusing it as an email. Maybe it's edited and used in a slightly different way. Uh, sometimes what's in the email that will also become a blog post. Uh, sometimes it's just, I have the blog post, but then it's a quick intro email that is pointing to that. Um, then also over time is like, oh, these emails really worked or it's appropriate to use them again. Maybe I'm relaunching a product or have a discount or a similar sort of sale on a product. Let's just go, instead of writing something fresh, you know, especially since, you know, new customers, or if you use an email two years ago, who's going to remember that email anyway? So that can all be reused once once again. You don't want to overdo reusing things in these different ways, but definitely uh, it's appropriate to leverage uh, to kind of amplify that content out there and then appropriately reuse it from time to time. Okay, so there's no hard and fast rule. So it's not like you have like you're auto publishing a blog. You're making decisions based on when it's appropriate every time. Yeah. And it really depends on overall strategy and whatnot along with that. How often do you publish on the blog or on Facebook or things like that? Is That's not at the same frequency, I'm guessing. Yeah, um, it's less than daily. Um, somewhere between like a weekly or a couple times a week, usually, on uh, onto blogs. And then uh, Facebook, I, I really haven't been like a great social media person. I'm starting to get into it more. Uh, it only took quite a long time <laughs> since the advent of social media. But yeah, I'm starting to kind of find a flow and routine with doing that. Wow. So even, I mean, if even when it was just you alone doing it twice a week or even once a week, that's that's impressive. Um, I don't think many many folks can handle that sort of cadence uh, when it's just a, a one-man band. That's, uh, that's very impressive. Yeah. Well, the, the thing to know, and maybe we should have talked about this earlier, is email marketing is still one of the very best sales channels you have. Uh, it is the biggest, one of the best drivers for revenue. And if it's not for anyone listening to this that has an e-commerce company, if it is not one of the, your best drivers for revenue, it's probably because you're not doing it well or not doing it enough. Because, uh, you know, it, it's hard to sell directly on Facebook, you know, depending on products and whatnot, hard to sell directly on social media. But email is still a great channel, even though it's somewhat old school. I mean, it's not direct mail or anything, but uh, it's been around for a while. It still works really well. So it drives... Um, for us, I think it's somewhere around a third of our revenue. It's our biggest sales channel. Wow. Okay. 
-hmm. Yeah, I hear that quite a lot, actually. Um, it's one of the biggest uh, revenue generators and the, one of the best margins as well. Because it's not like you're going out there yeah. buying, you know, PPC. Right, it's your right? list. Yeah, it's your list. You can reuse it. You can grow it. It's your asset that you can, that you're building an asset. Um, yeah, it's always easier to sell customers that you already have rather than find new customers, depending on the product. Once again, some products are one time. Uh, but in general, that is why you should be using email um, and also even to prospects, people that have not become your customer yet. Email marketing is one of the best ways to convert them for whatever reason. Like it is just some a channel in which people are likely to buy off of. Like a lot of people, they use Facebook all the time, but they've never bought a single thing off of there based off an ad or anything. But email, people buy off of email. How do you make the connection though, right? Because so far we've talked about generating the information side of it, but how do you mm -hmm. kind of flip it to the marketing side and that article you're um, kind of referring to, how do you connect that to actually, hey, here's a product that I'm selling and, you know, here's some information about it, but here's why you should go buy it. And like, when does the hook come in? And how do you, how do you nicely do that? Because kind of what we said at the beginning, right? That if you every day are hitting up your list and saying, buy, 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 you're going to get unscribes, right? Very quickly. But so you need to do that information and then just kind of very subtly push that in. Sometimes subtly, sometimes more hardcore. So that's okay. a range with that too. You know, there, there's a time to send out emails like, hey, we got a 20% site-wide sale right now. Go and buy stuff. Uh, especially to your customers or even unconverted prospects, but hot ones, that's going to work really well. And we do that. So there's a, a difference between like these more promo promotional emails, which may be a sale or discount or a free bonus, different things like that. And those can be very direct and to the point um, versus more of our content stuff, whether it's a story or sharing a testimonial or just like information rich articles and whatnot. In those, it's, I. so let me say this, I pretty much always am pitching something. Uh, very seldomly do I send out an email which doesn't include some sort of mention to a product I have for sale. Okay. Uh, but it's not always hardcore or anything like that. It may be like a PS or uh, just a casual mention of a product. So once again, going back to this article on sex hormone binding globulin, how do we tie that into it? So as I said, a lot of our herbs are focused around hormone health. That's kind of the, the biggest and best thing we're known for. So sex hormone binding globulin is a part of the hormone system. And there are some herbs that specifically may manipulate this thing. So you get all this information about it and you want to increase sex hormone binding globulin or decrease it. Here's some herbs that may help. So uh, this article is shaping up to be kind of like prior 2000 word article or so. And the talking about herbs may be 100 of those words and a down towards the bottom of it, but it's mentioned in there. And we know that we send an email out to people about a new article, they click over and some people end up buying. That's just how email works for us. What is the cadence like between the emails where you're kind of going directly in for the sale versus the more informational uh, soft sell emails? Like how often can you do each? That's a good question. And I wish I could give you exact ratios. We tend to have like huge sales events probably three times a year. Then we'll do flash sales or specific discounts on different products, uh, probably monthly or so. Um, so a lot of our, we kind of divide our emails into those promotional ones than just regular emails. Like maybe they're selling a product, but there's no uh, specific promotion attached to it. Then I'm more like, hey, go over to the blog. We got this new stuff there. Um, and of course, other segments on top of that, but I'd say it's it's probably 10, 15% promotional emails. Um, 
kind of the rest being more different levels of the, the informational stuff. When you, when you write the information ones, are you coming at it from here's an idea for an article and then, and then at the end you're saying, which product should we, you know, market with that? Or are you coming, are you flipping it and saying, here's the product you want to market? Both okay. ways. Yeah, so yeah, sometimes work? it'll be like, oh, I see this study uh, that's just on this, some random health subject. Okay. How do I tie in some sort of product here? And you can get quite creative with this. Um, it can be a fun challenge. Like how do I tie this completely random thing into a product? Uh, but it absolutely can be done. And then if um, sometimes it's the other ways like, okay, we know we want to promote this. Okay. What kind of content do we want to build around it? So it does go both ways there. Okay. And you're coming with the plan. So you're sitting down on a Monday morning and how long, and you said about an hour and you can kind of, yeah, I can do a batch of five emails in about an hour. Give Just, or take. Wow. So you're sitting down at 8am on a Monday and coming up with, Hey, you know, what do we want to sell this week? And just mm -hmm. within, within the first hour, basically come up with your entire content plan for the week at that point. Yeah. So I'll give an example from earlier today as well. I'm launching a new health coaching program. Uh, and in that specifically, it, as part of the launch of it, when a launch sequence, so every email for about a week or so, I'm talking about this one product. Other times it's like, because I have quite a few different things to sell, it'll be just random throughout the week. Uh, but in this, like, okay, here's like the first announcement email. Then I, sh I shot a couple videos to go. Here's content kind of about this program and how I structure things, how I think about health using uh, systems thinking and all that. So here's some different stuff, sharing content about it and then pitching is like, and then a close that's coming at the end. So uh, that's kind of laid out the formula there. And since the videos took a bit longer than an hour to do because there's multiple parts, but then the emails, it's because it's pointing a video, those are super quick. Probably took me three minutes per email on those to write because it's literally it's there's probably like 10 to 20 sentences in them because it's saying like here's what this video open the email here's what the video is about go click over to see the email you are you're a machine i am impressed this is uh the, to do this code of cadence for 10 years that is super uh that's something i feel like you know you've definitely got your rhythm down and it sounds like now mm -hmm. you're kind of in this pattern right yeah, yeah. And I've, as I said before, I've really looked at habits and I, I enjoy writing. For me, a lot of the writing that I do, so sex hormone binding globbing is like, okay, I want to understand more about this. The best way to learn something is to teach it. So let me dive into all the research. Let me get my grasp around this. I write this article. I now know the subject much better uh, than before. So I've been doing fitness and health a long time. So I've, I've learned these subjects pretty well, which also gives me a, a strong foundation from which to be able to write when I see uh, one thing mentioned or a story, I, I immediately am thinking, oh, how could I turn this into an email? It becomes quite easy to do once that foundation of knowledge is built. Well, that's the other part about the writer's block, because if you don't have that foundation, if you're, you know, I started, if I started trying to write about that, I would spend the first two hours just researching whatever that means. And I'd, it would take me hours just to even get the base of what should I be writing about right now? Um, so I think there's something there, right? On you're writing about stuff that you know very, very well. So you don't have to sit there and do two hours worth of research to write a hundred word article. Um, mm -hmm. And that's probably part of this too, right? Where you're writing about stuff in your own um, sphere of knowledge at that point. Yeah, absolutely. but that's the thing, right? So 
we're talking to business owners here. Hopefully you are knowledgeable about your business. You need to actually know what you're talking about. I, I should hope so. Right. Okay. So, I mean, about shipping, right. How could you uh, think about sending an email out about this interview and uh, then tying it back into your business? Uh, so we can talk about, Oh, so I'm sending out this email. I just did this great call about the email and, you know, email, what Logan was describing was that email is such a, integral and automated part of his business because we mostly have been talking about broadcast stuff but then there's campaign emails as well and then another thing that needs to be really automated in your business is your shipping stuff if you need help with that come and check out our shipping services that sort of thing <laughs> obviously you flesh that out but you see how it can tie one thing that isn't really seemingly related into another yeah i like that do you ever get pushback though from your audience on like someone new signs up and they're like i'm not ready for like this is just too much or how do you handle that yeah. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. People unsubscribe and people, some people think it's too much. One of the things we do at Lost Empire Herbs is uh, everyone's familiar with the unsubscribe at the bottom of the email. Right above that, we have a line that says too many emails. Uh, I forget the exact words, but click here to switch over to our weekly digest version. So if some people do not like daily emails, even though that's what we want to send. Uh, so we give them this option instead of having them unsubscribe. And then for that weekly email, we just kind of uh, curate the stuff from the previous week and pop that all into one place. So they get a lot less email marketing, which they're happy about. But we save the unsubscribe from happening there. And that doesn't take a whole lot more work on our part because all the stuff's already written. It just needs to be reformatted for this email. Very cool. Okay. I like that. So then, mm -hmm. so then you almost have your two email lists, your daily and weekly lists. And, yeah. and people, depending on what cadence they want, they can opt you know out of one into the other sort of thing yeah very good yeah. tip yeah i because i feel like that would be the first pushback on people would want to unscribe but might actually want the content so it kind of gives them almost best of both best of both worlds that plot yeah yeah so that's one thing and i think actually uh, our, our weekly list is quite significant at this part it started as a small idea and was like okay uh, but now it's yeah thousands of people that we have there so those emails definitely do well because then it's also there's usually some sort of promotion in there and then also content pieces as well. Very cool. All right. I could, I could keep hitting you with questions all day. I want to be uh, <laughs> respectful of your time. So if people want to sign up for the list, if they want to get on the email list or find out more about you, what can they do so? Yeah. So uh, legendarystrength.com. It's one of the websites and you'll see just homepage right there, the, the email opt-in offer. Uh, go ahead and sign up there. And then lostempireherbs.com, same sort of thing. Uh, Two different email lists so you'll see plenty of examples of email uh, that will help people out let me say this like you don't need to necessarily just jump to daily email i'd say for most businesses uh a weekly email can be at least a good starting point to aim for and you may not be able to batch out five emails in an hour like me but you should be able to you know if it takes three hours doing a weekly email like that can definitely be worth it yeah, it's like anything else, right? It's, uh, you know, if you haven't gone to the gym in 10 years, you don't want to start sprinting day one. Just send you, get a couple of months under your belt. And once you feel good, just slat, start upping from there. Yeah. Um, you want to kind of- Let me also muscle. say, I, I'm a writer. Like I enjoy writing. Yeah. Uh, not everyone does. And you shouldn't necessarily bang your head against the wall about stuff that you're not great at. You can hire people that are writers or you can also like video or a podcast, these other uh, methods of doing things. And yeah, I think email should go and then support those things. But if, if you come across better in a different way and it's easier for you, then start there and then kind of fit in the other pieces. 
Awesome. Great advice. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's great chatting. Yeah, this was a good chat. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.